All right, our first Pet Chat for 2023. I said a little earlier that it's Pet Chat with Dr. Fiona and the team. Well, firstly, hello, Dr. Fiona. Hi, how are you, Mark? I'm all right because it looks like I'm the team. I'm every I'm everybody else today. That's all right. Now we'll uh, knock it out the park. All right, now a, a big day, lots happening in pet world. So I know you're ready to fire up with uh, all of our listener questions today. Absolutely, bring it on. Anyone got any questions? You got any new puppies over Christmas and New Year, and you're struggling with any? puppy-related issues or hot heat-related issues or anything, just give us a buzz. All right, we'll get into whether it's the, the cat, the dog, the bird, snake, hubby, whatever it is, we'll sort it out. I'll do what I can. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Along with Michelle at New Lambton. Michelle, your uh, 13-year-old Kelpie Cross has got some issues with its nose. What's happening? Yeah, it's um, her nose is black. Yeah. And it's peeling off in big pieces of skin either side of the nostrils. Yeah, okay. I've and been... how, how long has that been happening for, Michelle? A couple of months. Okay. And when the big bits of skin fall off, what's the skin like underneath it? Well, sometimes they don't. They take a long time to fall off. Yeah. And um, the skin underneath seems... Uh, Mainly normal. Okay. Is it sort of red and ulcerated or would you say it just more looks no, like normal no, skin? No, sort of new skin. looks normal, but it's not stopping. Okay. Um, it's keeping on going. At one stage, it was a bit green and my daughter got the green out of the end of the nostrils and mm-hmm. we haven't had that since. Okay. Uh, and the skin around her eyes looks normal? Yes. Yeah, Okay. She has actually got Cushing's. Okay. I don't know if that'll make any difference. Yeah, okay. Relevant information, definitely. Um, is she bothered by it, would you say? Only when we're playing with it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um if what I would say, so there's a couple of different things that could be going on. Um, one is a condition called lupus. Okay, but usually when that happens, the skin underneath is really red and sore and ulcerated and sort of got quite okay. deep wounds. So it doesn't sound too much like that. Um, given that she does have Cushing's, you know, it might be that, you know, metabolically we're not just quite balanced as much as we should be. Um, yeah. What you what Have you changed her food or have you changed her shampoo or anything like that recently? No, nothing like that. No, okay. absolutely nothing. Okay. All right. Well, look, something quick and easy that you can probably try to start with is just um, supplementing her diet with omega-3 and 6. Um, there's various okay. um, different supplements you can get. Your vet absolutely could point you in the right line. Um, there's also some moisturizers that are appropriate. Again, I'd recommend getting specific advice, but definitely, um, yeah, start with the easy things, the supplements and the moisturizers. And if that's not sorting it out, then it might be a more comprehensive okay. checkups needed. So um, no need to give it a bathe in salt water or anything like that? Just look, leave it? Yeah, look, I don't think that would be of any benefit and particularly I doubt that she'd like it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I don't think you'd be doing any any good by doing that. So you're just as well okay. to leave it, I'd say. All right, then. Thanks for the call. Thank you very much for your help. Thank you. All right, all the best with that, Michelle. And I think that's the point for you. I mean, if, if it's not going to do anything extra, um, the dog doesn't understand that you're trying to do that for its benefit. So it's good. Well, what are you doing? That's going to be a bit <laughs> sore absolutely, or whatever. Absolutely, absolutely. And noses <clears throat> and faces are pretty sensitive. Um, so if you're not going to get massive benefit out of it, 
there's no point ticking the dog off. <laughs> All right, that's a, that's a fair point. All right, uh, 49216216 if you have a question for uh, Dr. Fiona Tate. Keep going to say and the team, but there's no team. There's just I. I'm the I in team That's today. all right. Um, Fiona, a lot of folks may have uh, added a new member to their family by way of a pet over Christmas. Maybe some of those uh, folks are first-time pet owners. Mm. They've had the Christmas. They've had the holidays. They've survived the fireworks at New Year's and Aussie Day. <laughs> But maybe with school going back and work commitments resuming, um, the environment is a little bit different than the pet has been used to. Mm. Um, that can quite sometimes raise uh, some issues with dogs in particular. Absolutely. Um, and the first thing my mind goes back to is COVID. Um, you know, we're yeah. all home. The dogs thought it was the best thing since sliced bread. M- you know, mum and dad and the family, everyone's home all day, all night. And then, bam, suddenly everyone abandons them and leaves them, gone. <laughs> leaves them and they don't understand why. Um, so, yeah, certainly going back to school and work can be quite disruptive um, for new pets, uh, making sure they've got plenty of entertainment. So lots of food treats and, you know, this sort of weather, you know, big frozen ice bricks um, with maybe some treats inside them. We'll keep them entertained for a while, making sure they're getting lots of physical um, activities, so walks, but definitely not in the middle of the day at this time of year, um, and trying to trying to take things slowly, you know, give them, you know, to start with, go for, go out for a few hours and then come back rather than leaving them for 12 hours for the first time. Yeah, which um, in a way is kind of a conversation that would have been, or a point that would be maybe prudent a couple of weeks ago. Where yes. We weren't here <laughs> then, but it's like, look, I know you've got the school coming back in February, so maybe just leave the dog for a little bit, you know, half hour, an hour or whatever. Um, plan, yeah, plan, plan to where you want to end up and take baby steps to get there. We've also, I, I know I've heard this come up quite a few times in the last couple of years as well, but if if, if the dog particularly is at home by itself all day, um, keeping it entertained, stimulated, some things for the dog to do, even hiding food? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I wouldn't be hiding lots and lots of treats because that's mm. not a balanced diet, but absolutely instead of you know handing them breakfast in a bowl, maybe go hide breakfast. Um, you know, hide your kibble through the house if it's left inside or hide hide your kibble in the backyard and that's providing extra stimulation for the dog as well, using their, their brain and their nose to find that food. Completely the opposite for humans, isn't it? It's like, <laughs> don't you dare hide, but no, yeah. there's my plate. I want my I meal. I want food on my plate. <laughs> yeah, and this is what I wanted. But uh, again, for the animals, we're going to be away all day, so making sure they've got some things so they don't get bored. Then, Definitely. Then barking, annoying the neighbour that is home. Mm. Uh, and then you get a nasty knock on the door. Yes, prevention is definitely uh, the way to go there. G'day, Maxine at Broadmeadow. Uh, what is going on with your young poodle there, particularly with the dodgy back knee? <laughs> Hello, both of you. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I have an 18-month-old toy poodle, and she's a delight, very active, and mm-hmm. she has this little skip she does on her left back leg when uh, we're walking. Yes. Yes, yeah, so when she was having one of her checkups. Um, in November, the vet said there is an injection that she can have of chondroitin and other sort of things that might, uh, and she thinks it could be a potential luxating patella. Yeah. And that if you have this injection, it's once a week before a week, it may um, help her build up that strength in that joint. Yeah. Um, and I was just wondering if that's so, because I took chondroitin for years and I still got bloody arthritis. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm wondering, is it worth having this injection? Yeah, and, look, um, good question. Are there knee guards or things that I could be giving to help her? 
Yeah, sure. Good question, Maxine. Um, so to start with, definitely the history that you've given sounds like what your vet has called a luxating patella. So I definitely agree with that. Um, yeah. Poodles definitely are predisposed to that as a, uh-huh. as a condition. Um, is I am a massive fan of that course of injections. Um, okay. I think they're... Um, they're I would consider them one of the things we have in our arsenal of avoiding arthritis. So it's certainly not the only thing, um, but one of the benefits of it is it doesn't have side effects and you're actually improving the health of the joint rather than just masking the pain. Um, So yes, I definitely um, think you should do that. It is something that sometimes we repeat the course just depending on how the dog goes. Definitely things like physio and rehab can be really, really important because you're building muscle strength, which can help protect that knee and minimise it getting worse as she gets older. Okay. Yes, she's a delightful little girl. We have a lot of exercise. We do a lot of walking and uh, take her swimming. Is that okay to to keep her strong, to keep moving and doing things like that yeah absolutely look swimming's a brilliant one because it's non-weight bearing exercise um so yeah that's that's fantastic realistically maxine it will probably get worse with time um but doing things like doing that course of injections uh the other thing that i really recommend is joint supplements okay which you can sort of add to her food and realistically that's a long-term thing you know so you're putting the hard yards in now to minimise the damage that will occur as she gets older. I'm just a little bit um, not sure because some things they say may help, but they're not scientifically proven. But if you think it's a good idea, I think I'll go and get the the, um, injections done. Look, the reason I like the Maxine is it's kind of like do no harm. You know, best yeah, case cool. scenario, you know, we have some we have some patients that improve dramatically on those oh, courses of okay. injections and yeah. others, you know, a much smaller percentage of people that say it, it doesn't help. But over and above, yes, I'd be definitely suggesting you do that. Oh, that's lovely. Thanks for your time today, Fiona. No problem. Thanks for the call. All right. All the best with that, uh, Maxine, and uh, hope uh, everything goes okay there with the uh, dodgy back knee uh, and uh, for your arthritis as well, I've got to say. Uh, Dr. Fiona is here, 4921 uh, if you have a question for uh, for Pet Chat today. Um, Maxine kind of brought something up very briefly there about going for walks mm. um, with, with her dog, and a lot of folks back into doing that, but I've got to say, very frustrating, Fiona. I saw this and had to sort of bite my own tongue. Um, you're seeing some some people that are absolute gooses work, walking their dog in the middle of the heat, now particularly last weekend. Um, gee, this is not cool. This is not good. No, look, it really is an accident waiting, for, waiting to happen. Um, not fair for the dog. Um, also probably not particularly pleasant for the owner. Um, you know, heat stroke is a is a real risk um, when it's hot. But not only that, think about their paw pads. You know, would you go walking down the asphalt in bare feet at midday in no. a 35-degree day? Because <laughs> no. I certainly wouldn't. Um, yeah, so just just be mindful of the temperature. It's tough enough on the beach. Yes. <laughs> Do yes. that mad run. Absolutely, yeah. So just be mindful of, you know, what that, what that pavement would be like for the dogs. All right, 49216216 if you have a question for uh, Pet Chat. Dr. Fiona is here today. G'day, Erica at Cessnock. Uh, you look to add a new uh, pet to your family. Uh, unfortunately, did. things things didn't go uh, the way you'd hoped. What happened? No, it didn't. On the 10th of January, I answered an ad on, yeah, on 
Marketplace on Facebook. Yeah. It said, miniature dash hound, three-year-old, just sex, just had all its needles and everything. Owner passed away from cancer. Mm. Looking for a new home. Yeah. I answered the ad and it took me a week to work out and figured out whether I thought it was legitimate and mm. I did. I did all my homework. Um, they were only asking $500 for this miniature dash hound mm-hmm. as it was supposed to have been a donation. Mm-hmm. Okay, I paid the $500 into the bank account that they wanted. Yep. They sent me through the mail ownership papers and vaccination papers, details about the other owner and everything. Yeah. Okay. The, the dog was supposed to be delivered uh, about two Saturdays ago. Yeah. Okay. So they turned the courier they were using rang up, asked if I would be willing to pay $700 for the kennel for the puppy to travel up in. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's fine. It was coming from Sydney. And they definitely would return my money when the dog was delivered. Mm. Waited around, and still today I haven't heard of it. Oh. Um, when I went to the bank and got the police involved, they disappeared. Yeah, righto. Yeah, I, know, I, I do go through it. This was supposed to be a legitimate rescue thing. And yes, I did do my homework and I do rescue oh, dogs dear. when I can. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I've been ridiculed on Facebook for putting this on on Facebook. Yeah. Because but I was told by the vet the vet that I deal with and the police yeah. that this is starting to be another scam. Yeah, you're right, Erica. Can I just ask a couple of questions? Yeah, sure. So, was all was there any phone conversations, or was it all via sort of email no, and messages? There was, there was a phone conversation with a lady called Diane. Yeah, she didn't give me a last name, and they she had all these references. A couple of people rang me and said, "Yes, they've dealt with this rescue society before." Oh, really? So you really but, have done your homework, Erica? Yeah, I. I did my homework because oh, I, poor thing. I do oh. do take very wary of scams. Yeah. yeah, they sent me photos of the dog, and several other dogs that they had waiting to be rescued. Yeah, and I think. Then, like, like I said, the, even the transport company rang me. Well, somebody were, you thought was the transport Australian. company, I guess. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I think the thing is, um, uh, and, and it really is unfortunate that that's where you ended up, Erica. And sorry, that was the case, but. Um, look, the scammers—they just getting so so good and uh, clever mm. and intelligent. Yeah, and they're not dummies; they're not fools. They no. they figure out that there's uh, an area that hasn't been um, you know locked into that that they say will. And they grab your that. heartstrings, right? Absolutely. You know, your rescue dog, your owner that's passed mm. away, the donation that's going Everything. to charity. Yeah. yeah, I think at the end of the day, the only way you can probably eliminate that risk is to get the, like, visit face-to-face and actually physically be handed the puppy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, thanks for bringing that to our attention, Erica. Again, anything you see uh, online that uh, might be seem a little bit good to be true, and particularly if they're asking for 
in this case, a total of twelve hundred bucks. Um, if yeah. it's too good to be true, unfortunately, sometimes it often is. But Dr. Fiona is right here answering your pet questions, and I think we'll give you an A for something for passing so far, Fiona. You've dealt Thanks. with the last few. Thanks, Mark. Better than an E for effort, right? Absolutely, I'll take that. All right, the best uh, pet animal in the world is what we're going to deal with next, and that is the humble cat. <laughs> uh, I know Cheryl Shaw was hearing me say that and just pointing a bad finger at me, but <laughs> Dennis at Belmont, you've got a, uh, an, an older boy cat in your home and uh, you're really going to change things up a bit. What's on the way? Well, actually, what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to introduce uh, a young or younger female cat into the house. Yeah. And... Uh, now what I've done, I've I've brought the brought the female in, mm-hmm. uh, locked the male out, and, out of the uh, house or out of somewhere out else. Out of the house, okay. Out of the house, and uh, the female sort of um, uh, sniffed around and made herself at home, and mm-hmm. seems seems reasonably happy. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm just wondering uh, when we should introduce the uh, the male. Yeah, sure, Dennis. So how long have you had the female cat? Uh, the female cat's probably about five years old, five six years old. And how long have you had her for? Well, all that time, oh, basically. We she was a uh, well, we got her from the RSPCA, which is a kitten. Okay, so you've had the male outside and the female inside for her whole life. No, the the the, the male they've been brought up in different houses. Yep. And how long have you okay. had both of them for? Well, the both. I, I the male cat is not mine. Uh, and what I'm male cat. I'm trying to introduce the female cat into the male's domain. Yeah, you understand that? Yes. Uh, yeah, and uh, the, the female cat has only been into the male's domain uh, two or three occasions. Uh, okay, and, and that's and, all uh, recently, is it? Yes, yes. That this is all recent. Yes. Okay. All right. So, is it your plan to have the male cat come back into the household, or is it yes. your? Yes. Okay. All right. Yes. And so with the current situation, Dennis, can they see or smell each other? They have been able to, yes. Okay. All right. Um, Any hissing or swiping or anything like that happening? Well, initially there was. Yeah. The very first time I brought the female cat over to introduce, if you like, to the male. Yeah. uh, There was a lot of that. Yeah. So since then we've decided to keep them separate. Mm-hmm. And try and get the female just used to the inside of the male's domain, if you mm-hmm. know what I mean, and keep the male outside. Mm-hmm. But uh, obviously, if things are going to continue, we, we need to have them yes. be, being able to tolerate each other. I'm just wondering the best way of uh, accommodating that. Yeah, sure. Look, Dennis, probably I th- think definitely keeping them physically separated, but having them be able to see and smell each other is absolutely essential. Okay, so whether that's half the house is his and half the house is hers, that's, you know, if that logistically works for you, otherwise find some way of dividing up your house so that it's like a his and hers, but they can see and smell each other. Okay. Um, Are they both de-sexed? Yes. Okay, excellent. Definitely. We don't want any unwanted babies. (laughs) No, no. There there are a couple of products on the market. I'm not sure whether you've heard of one called Feliway. It's a diffuser and you plug it in and it's a bit like Airwick. Okay, so right. but you can't people can't see it and smell it, but cats just love it, and it's really okay. great at decreasing anxiety and stress. How do you spell that? F e l i w a y, Feliway. Feliway. F for Fred. 
Oh, so a silly way. <laughs> that's okay. And that's a fantastic product that's really, really good for decreasing stress. And if you're trying to introduce animals, it can be really helpful. Um, the other thing, just making sure, obviously, they've all got their own space and making sure they've got their own food and water and that sort of thing. And then essentially just slowly, slowly, okay? Um, yep. Definitely supervising any interactions so yep. that you can sort of be there if you need to break anything up. And look, there probably will be a couple of spats. You know, it's a new relationship. They're trying to get yep. comfortable with each other yep. and work yep. out who's the boss and what the rules are. Um, yep. But I think so far what you've been doing is really great. Um, just keep on doing that, just those slow interactions. I'm going to be the uh, bringing my <laughs> pessimistic nature right here. Let's ass- If we can assume, oh, and hopefully it works out, Dennis, I'm sure it will, but yes. let's assume that things don't go well and continue yeah. to not go well. Fiona, yeah. when do you think the point is you have to, to give, give it up? To, to pull the plug on the operation. Again, hoping it doesn't, but yeah. what would be the, the good, trigger there? Good question. Um, I think if they're repeatedly having interactions, even if it's, say, through a screen door, so if they're repeatedly having interactions over a period of weeks to months and every time they get near each other they hiss and they spat and they fight, if nothing's improving, that may be not such a good prognostic indicator. Um, I think definitely doing things like we talked about with the Feliway that's a that's a big help that one if they just simply can't be together definitely seeking vet advice as to whether there's other medication and absolutely last case scenario someone might have to go <laughs> best okay. of luck and dennis maybe the cats stay and you go i don't know that might <laughs> be the... yeah, that, that could be a solution okay <laughs> thanks for your call dennis all right best of luck with it uh four nine two one six two one six uh if you have a question for uh, dr fiona today uh we will uh slip in our dog of the week so if you were looking to add a uh, a dog to your family for 2023 we have something for you next to two in your rfm well, we are continuing, though, with uh, the theme for the last little bit. has been the kitty cats. So, mm-hmm. Leanne at, Mon- at the Lake Monmora, uh, what's going on with your little kitty there? Hi. Um, I've got a cat, Lucky. He's just a domestic long hair. Mm-hmm. Um, he's hyperallergenic, so he's been on um, Zeewee Peak Venison wet yes. food for yes. a long time, mm-hmm. and I've also been giving him the Royal Cannon hyperallergenic. Yes. Um He's continually, just recently, it's gotten worse, breaking out in a rash all the time under his um, little armpits and his legs and groin, and then he, and so he's just constantly licking and everything. I've got a medicated bath wash um, that I put on him twice a week. Mm -hmm. It seems to be okay for a day or two, and then it just flares up again, and so I actually, um, you know, obviously Dr. Google is not always the answer, but um, in the dry hyper, um, hyperallergenic food. It has some um, omega-3s and 6s. So I actually stopped that okay. and made him little cat biscuits out of his zeewee wet food with some little bit of pumpkin and, and organic oats and that, and he's been having them as little biscuits as a treat because I think he feels like he's missing out. Okay. Um, but, but, yeah, so, and he's booked in for a dermatologist, but that's not till March. And I'm just wanting to make sure that, um, is there any other food I could try and give him or do I stick to the the venison? Um, yeah, look, good, good question, Leanne. You actually took the words out of my mouth. Have you considered referral to a dermatologist? Um, he certainly sounds like he is one of the more challenging allergy patients that we would deal with. Um, so the Z- so he's on the Zeewee Peak and the hypoallergenic, did you say? 
Yes, but I've just ceased in the last five or six days just to see what happens. And I've also bought, which I wanted to buy for myself anyway, a... Um, air purifier with the HEPA filter, mm-hmm. and I researched that. I believe I've got the best one I can get for the money and all of that. So okay. I just put, put that in the house about six days ago as well. And how long has he been flaring up for this particular time? This is this rash has been going on and off for about five or six weeks. Okay. Um, and how long would you say he's been allergic for? Ever since I've had him, and he was a little kitty off the street. I think he lived about a year on the street. He's five now, mm-hmm. and um, he's been hyperallergenic all the time. So, yeah, okay. Um, and in that five to six-week time period, could you comment, is there something that's changed, do you think? I mean, we are in the hot period of the year, and definitely um, we tend to see flares over summer. Um, does it correlate with you stopping the hypoallergenic or does it correlate with any like in no. laundry powder so changes I, or anything no, like I, that? Everything in my house is chemical free. Mm. Everything, you know, I'm at the point where I'm only washing my floor with hot water, oh, things dear. like that. Um, yeah, I'm doing everything. I, I don't even put lotion on my skin, yeah. nothing. I'm, okay. I'm doing everything I possibly can for him. Yeah. Um, Look, I did what... notice one flare-up did happen. I mowed the lawn the day before and mm-hmm. he went out the next day because usually I don't let my cats out for a play um, the day I mowed because they just, you know, try to grass back in or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, I was, and, I, and I think that happened another time as well. So he's been kept inside the whole time now. He can't go out yeah, to the little okay. play time in the okay. afternoon with the others. Look, what I would suggest, um, Leanne, the less things you're doing, the easier it is for the dermatologist. So if you're Mm -hmm. swapping and changing and I'm just going to try this and I'm just going to stop that and I'm just going to rearrange that, that makes it a little bit harder. Um, Mm -hmm. So what I would say is, I mean, hypoallergenic is great. There's one up from that called anallergenic which mm-hmm. is even more like even more specifically for allergies. So potentially give your vets a call and see whether, you know, they they would recommend you trying that. Um, mm-hmm. Other than that, it may just be a matter of trying to sit tight and hope that there's some, um, you know, there's some help on the horizon. All right. All the best uh, with that, uh, Leanne, and uh, best of luck. Thank you so much. Hey, we've run out of time, Dr. Fiona, but super quick. Uh, I will probably give you a comment on 10 seconds on this. We sure. have a dog of the week. If you'd like to add a animal to your family, uh, you can uh, check out our webpage. Lucy's the three-year-old cattle dog. Um, a little bit nervous when outside of home, but loves going for a walk and uh, loves other animals. Go. Yeah. <laughs> um, super sweet. Um Probably very active, probably very intelligent, will probably need a lot of training and time and a dedicated owner, but will absolutely pay you back with love in spades. All right. So if you'd like to adopt Lucy from Dog Rescue Newcastle, three-year-old cattle dog, you can check out our Dog of the Week up at the Pet Chat page. It's on our website at 2NURFM.com.au. Thanks, Fiona. We'll uh, catch up with you uh, a few weeks from here. So uh, thanks for turning up for Program 01 for 2023.